Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, a majority of Americans say they are more than comfortable with a gay or lesbian running for president. The House of Representatives approved a non-binding resolution rebuking Donald Trump's plan to ban transgender military service members. Republican lawmakers in Texas approved a bill that would allow state-licensed professionals to discriminate against LGBTQ people. And Netflix dropped the official trailer for Special, an offbeat comedy series about a gay man with mild cerebral palsy. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. According to a new poll by NBC News and The Wall Street Journal, a majority of Americans are either enthusiastic about or comfortable with a gay or lesbian person running for president. The poll's findings come as openly gay Mayor Pete Buttigieg of South Bend, Indiana, has seen a surge in polls as a potential 2020 presidential candidate. The survey showed that 54% of Americans said they would be comfortable with a gay or lesbian person running for president. An additional 14% said that they would be enthusiastic about a gay or lesbian candidate. The new data indicates how drastically Americans' attitudes towards a gay presidential candidate has changed over the last decade. In 2006, a similar survey found that more than 50% of Americans either had reservations about or were very uncomfortable with a gay person running for president. At the time in 2006, only a combined 43% of American voters said they were either comfortable with or enthusiastic about a gay or lesbian person running for president that year. The 2019 survey shows 75% of American voters under 35 now saying they would be either enthusiastic or comfortable with a gay presidential candidate. In 2006, only 47% of that demographic said the same. The shift among voters who are above 65 years old was equally dramatic. In 2006, only 31% of voters above 65 years old were comfortable with or enthusiastic about a gay presidential candidate. According to the new poll, 56% of voters in that age group are now either enthusiastic about or comfortable with the possibility. In related news, Mayor Pete, who's only 37 years old and the youngest possible contender in the Democratic candidate field, announced today that he has raised more than $7 million in the first quarter of this year for his potential presidential campaign. Plus, Buttigieg recently surged to third place with 11% support of Iowa caucus goers who said that they would choose him to be their choice in a Democratic caucus. Keep an eye on Pete Buttigieg, people. He is in this. By a vote of 238 to 185, the U.S. House of Representatives approved a non-binding resolution last week rebuking Donald Trump's plan to ban transgender military service members. Introduced by Representative Joseph Kennedy III of Massachusetts, the Washington Post reports the measure was supported by the entire Democratic caucus and was joined by five Republicans after a one-hour debate calling the misguided policy, quote, 
targeted discrimination, Kennedy said the message being sent by the House vote was to tell transgender people that they cannot be banned from military service because of who they are. House Resolution 124 begins with the simple statement, expressing opposition to banning service in the armed forces by openly transgender individuals. The resolution notes that trans service members have, quote, served openly since 2016, bravely defending our nation with distinction while preserving unit cohesion and contributing to military readiness. And that thousands of trans Americans are actively serving in every branch of the armed forces and reserves. H.R. 124 also underscores the public testimony of all five military chiefs of staff who say the existing policy allowing transgender people to serve openly has had no adverse effect on military readiness. The resolution comes as the Pentagon prepares to begin enforcing the trans ban on April 12th, after the last of four injunctions blocking the policy from being implemented was lifted last week by a three-panel judge in the D.C. Circuit. The policy will prohibit people who have undergone gender transition from enlisting, and current trans military service members will be required to serve as their biological gender unless they have begun gender transition before the new policy begins on April 12th. Republican lawmakers in Texas approved a bill last week that would allow state licensed professionals to discriminate against LGBTQ people or anyone they want to refuse services based on their religious beliefs. The Austin Statesman reports that Senate Bill 17 would give professionals who are licensed by the state, like lawyers, physicians, barbers, and pharmacists, the ability to turn away anyone they don't want to serve or do business with. The legislation includes a requirement that medical professionals treat patients who are at risk of death or serious injury, and licensed law enforcement officers would not be covered by the law. The bill's author, State Senator Charles Perry, a Republican, of course, says the legislation is necessary to make sure that state licensing bodies don't punish or retaliate against religious professionals who may take actions predicated by, quote, sincerely held religious beliefs. Perry told the Senate State Affairs Committee, quote, living our faith does not stop when we start to work. When we see what we may perceive as immoralities, immoralities, those people who hold those beliefs should be able to defend their faith without fear or losing their livelihood and their license. But opponents of the bill say sincerely held religious beliefs is a vague concept that could ultimately excuse any unprofessional behavior. Among those testifying at the committee hearing were a dozen members of the clergy, including Rabbi Nancy Kasten, who told lawmakers living according to religious beliefs, quote, should never be confused with permission to use faith as a weapon against those who do not share those beliefs. Reverend William Knight from the Metropolitan Community Church of San Antonio agreed, saying, love does not withhold care for those in need because of a difference in belief. The statesman reported a vast majority of the nearly 60 people who showed up at the hearing opposed the bill. But in the end, the measure was approved to the full Senate by a vote of 7 to 1. All six Republicans on the committee, plus 
State Senator Eddie Lucio Jr., a Democrat from Brownsville, supported the legislation. Only State Senator Judith Zaffarini, a Democrat from Laredo, voted against the bill. But wait, there's more. SB 17 is just the first of many GOP-sponsored bills in the pipeline that would create new faith-based protections. Here's just a few, although some have overlapping hate built in. SB 1107 would give medical professionals the ability to refuse performing non-emergency treatment that offends their sincerely held religious beliefs. HB 1035 would allow any marriage-related business to legally turn away same-sex couples, give county clerks the ability to opt out of issuing marriage licenses to same-sex couples, revoke any ordinances that require providing trans-friendly bathrooms, and protect religious groups who refuse to hire anyone whose beliefs don't align with their own. Similarly, HB 4497 would bar local municipalities and state agencies from punishing any business or professional who declined to provide marriage-related goods and services. SB 1978 would prohibit state agencies and local governments for taking any adverse action against those who discriminate thanks to their sincerely held religious beliefs. And HB 4357 would protect any faith-based counselors who practice so-called conversion therapy, you know my feelings about that, folks, which purports to heal individuals of homosexuality. The dangerous and harmful practice has been denounced by practically all major medical associations, including, say it with me, folks, the American Medical Association, the American Psychiatric Association, and the American Academy of Pediatrics. Boo on all of these proposed laws. The 2015-2017 Youth Risk Behavior Survey from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, reports that 7% of youth today identify as bisexual, compared to 4% being unsure or questioning and just 2% identifying as gay or lesbian. It turns out bisexual youth represent the largest demographic of LGBTQ high school students, and they are more likely to experience depression, victimization, and suicidal thoughts than straight, gay, or lesbian peers. The Trevor Project took a new look at the data from the CDC focusing on the suicide risks regarding bisexual youth. The results are disheartening at best. Almost half of bisexual youth have considered suicide in the past 12 months. Worse, 40% have thought through an actual plan to take their life. 27% attempted suicide. 66% of young bisexuals reported feeling sad or hopeless for two or more weeks in a row during the same time frame. By comparison, 49% of those who identify as gay or lesbian felt sad or hopeless during the same period, as well as 46% of those who may have been questioning their sexual identity. Only 27% of heterosexual youth felt the same. 36% of bisexual girls reported being bullied at school, as did 30% of bisexual boys. And 21% of bisexual youth reported being forced to have sexual intercourse. I should note, if you or someone you know is feeling helpless or suicidal, 
please consider contacting the Trevor Project's Trevor Lifeline at 1-866-488-7386. Or you can text them at 678-678. One more time, you can text the Trevor Project at 678-678. I'll have the link to the data in the show notes. The National Association of Gay and Lesbian Real Estate Professionals, I'll call that NAGLREP, working with Freddie Mac has issued a new report titled The LGBT Community Buying and Renting Homes Report, which found some hard truths about LGBTQ home ownership. By the way, I should mention here that I'm a member of the National Gay and Lesbian Real Estate Professionals, having been a licensed realtor in Las Vegas for nearly 13 years, so... I've seen a lot of the insight reported here. On average, 65% of Americans own their own home, but only 49% of LGBTQ people decide to purchase where they live. Nagelrep reached out to its over 2,300 members to ask about the attitudes of LGBTQ customers as well as their expectations in the future. The report found that a majority of LGBTQ renters fear discrimination during the home buying process. 44% say they're anxious about just how welcoming their new neighbors might be. Additionally, 40% say they worry about a community's reaction if they decided to start a family. The recent reintroduction of the Equality Act in Congress, however, could change some LGBTQ folks' minds on home ownership. 22% of NAGLRET members believe the passage of the Equality Act could lead to a surge in LGBTQ home ownership by around 5 to 9%. Another 25% of NAGLRET members were even more positive, thinking we'd see an increase of 10% or more. As I've mentioned before, the Equality Act would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity in employment housing, public accommodations, public education, federal funding, credit, and the jury system. Gay and lesbian realtors believe removing housing discrimination as a barrier of entry would open the door for considerable LGBTQ homeownership increases. Plus, 58% of NAGLRET members believe the Trump administration's policies on LGBTQ issues are having a negative impact on the community's confidence to buy or sell a home. One thing that did have a positive impact on LGBTQ homeownership was the Supreme Court's ruling in 2015 on Obergefell v. Hodges, which made same-sex marriage the law of the land. 55% of Nagelret members say more LGBTQ people have purchased homes in the wake of the Obergefell decision, a number that has grown stronger over the last two years. Members also reported that 73% of married LGBTQ couples are buying homes, compared to 41% of non-married LGBTQ couples, and just 35% of single LGBTQ people. Nagelret members also note a 61% increase in home sales to LGBTQ people with children since the Obergefell ruling. And one more statistic, 95% of LGBTQ homebuyers felt a lack of LGBTQ violence was a primary concern when choosing a neighborhood, as well as LGBTQ-inclusive anti-discrimination laws. 
The latest data from the General Social Survey shows Americans seem to be having less sex. What? In fact, the number of people reporting having no sex in the past year has reached an all-time high. According to the Washington Post, experts who study Americans' bedroom habits say there are a number of factors driving the great American sex drought. Age is one of them. The 60 and older demographic climbed from 18% of the population in 1996 to 26% in 2018. The share reporting no sex has consistently hovered around 50%, and because that age group is growing relative to everyone else, it has the net effect of reducing the overall population's likelihood of having sex. But changes at the other end of the age spectrum could be playing an even bigger role. The portion of Americans aged 18 to 29 reporting no sex in the past year more than doubled between 2008 and 2018 to 23%. The share of men younger than 30 reporting no sex has nearly tripled since 2008 to 28%, while female peers only report an 8% increase. Experts point to unemployment as a factor in younger men's sex lives. This is interesting. The data shows 54% of unemployed Americans don't have a steady romantic partner versus only 32% of employed Americans. Plus, more younger men are still living with their parents. Data shows that in 2014, 35% of men between the ages of 18 and 34 were living with their parents versus only 29% of women in that same age group. Clearly, it's a bit more awkward to get it going if you might be bringing a romantic partner back to your parents' house. A gay couple in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, have been ordered to remove their pride flag from the outside of their apartment home or be evicted. Kevin Coleman and Merle Malterer told their local NBC News affiliate they received a note from their landlord at the Country Oaks Apartments on Wednesday last week, informing them flying their pride flag outside their home was a breach of their lease. They were given five days to remove the flag or get out. Coleman told NBC News, it's a symbol of America. It's a symbol of our pride in America. Personally, I feel like we're being singled out here because of what it is. When contacted by NBC2, the landlord said the conflict wasn't a discrimination issue, but an issue with the appearance of the property. According to the landlord, no one is allowed to have flags anywhere, and it's against the lease agreement. The couple was asked in January to remove a Packers flag as well. However, a neighbor in the apartment complex, Ken Miller, flies flags outside his apartment and hasn't received a single written warning. He told NBC2 News, I've been here for three years, and I've had these flags up for at least two years, and I've never had any issues with the flags. In the NBC2 report, several flags could be seen throughout the apartment complex. Coleman and Malterer say they aren't backing down and will continue to fly their pride flag. Coleman says, it's part of my house. It's part of who I am. My neighbors don't care. Why should he? The couple told NBC2 they're looking into possible legal action. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of Texas, one of two men accused of using Grindr 
to lure gay men to a vacant apartment in Dallas where they'd be beaten, robbed, and sexually assaulted has pleaded guilty. Folks, we have to be careful on the dating apps. 24-year-old Michael Atkinson pleaded guilty last week to kidnapping and conspiracy charges in connection with his involvement in the scheme. The victims in the case, nine of them, range in age from 19 to 57. Atkinson and his 19-year-old accomplice, Daniel Jenkins, are accused of using Grindr to create fake profiles, posing as gay men, and luring men to a vacant apartment at the Solana Ridge apartment complex in East Dallas. U.S. Attorney Aaron Neely Cox said in a statement, unfortunately, this is not the first time we've seen despicable crimes committed on apps like Grindr. I want to urge the public to be vigilant online and recognize the dangers that are lurking there. Atkinson faces a maximum penalty of life in prison for the kidnapping charge and five years in prison for the conspiracy charge and a fine of up to $250,000 with respect to each offense. Good. Jenkins' trial will be held later this year. Thank God the men were caught and justice is being served. Netflix recently released the official trailer for Special, an offbeat comedy series about a gay man with mild cerebral palsy. Loosely based on the critically acclaimed memoir by writer-actor Ryan O'Connell titled I'm Special and Other Lies We Tell Ourselves, the series stars O'Connell as a man who, quote, decides to rewrite his identity as an accident victim and finally go after the life he wants. After years of dead-end internships, writing in his pajamas as a blogger, and communicating mainly via text messages, Ryan gets hit by a car in the street. When his new co-workers assume his limp is due to the accident, he just never bothers to correct the misunderstanding. He says, If you could get rid of the one thing you hate most about yourself, the thing no one understands, wouldn't you do it? The hilarious and heartwarming eight-episode series is being produced for Netflix by O'Connell along with Jim Parsons' That's Wonderful Productions and Warner Brothers' Digital Network Stage 13. O'Connell's past writing includes being a contributor for BuzzFeed, Vice, Thought Catalog, and other publications, as well as serving as executive story editor for the reboot of the hit NBC series Will & Grace. Special makes its Netflix premiere on April 12th. Check out the trailer on therandyreport.com. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind sharing The Randy Report with your friends. Hey friends, I know this really cute podcast. It's short and you can catch up on all the news in a little bit of time. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.